Blog Talk Radio.
Ashe. Ashe. So once again, I'm very happy that we have this opportunity to be here on Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. Thankful for all of our global supporters and our members of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. This is our 20th year in existence. So our events are hashtag Gullah Geechee 2020. We also ask people to keep doing hashtag Gullah Geechee Nation, hashtag Gullah Geechee, whenever you're tweeting, you're posting, so that we know that hundred children out there that join we, the follow we in this movement to continue to sustain and continue the culture of the Gullah Geechee. So that's why tonight I wanted to deal with this topic of Gullah Geechee cultural sustainability. Annually, we host the Coastal Cultures Conference. We are in our fifth year hosting the Coastal Cultures Conference, and so we are very thankful to know that this year, well, next year I know at least, what might be our last year at St. Helena Branch Library just because of the fact that we'll be filled to capacity based on the number of people who've registered already plus our presenters that are coming through, our members that are part of the Gullah Geechee Sustainability Think Tank who are the ones that host this and sponsor it literally and when I say sponsor I do mean put up the cash to be able to do this conference and when we started off the conference we did have a registration fee for it but because we have been able to sustain relationships with the members of the Gullah Geechee Sustainability Think Tank, we've been able to garner financial support through contributions and through sponsors for the event. And so we're able to then offer it to the community for free. But people do need to pre-register. Registration has now closed because that event has been posted since last year. So you had ample time to have registered for it at this point. And we'll eventually show different snippets on Gullah Geechee TV. And if you want to follow Gullah Geechee TV, just go to G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E.TV. You can follow Gullah Geechee TV also on Facebook, as well as following Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio on Facebook. Become fans of all those pages, please. And so this way you can... Stay abreast of all this information, but over this several years journey now with us having the Gullah Geechee Sustainability Think Tank, we have found a myriad of issues that deal with human health conditions that then tie back to our waterways. So when we talk about Gullah Geechee sustainability, if you don't sustain the health of the people, you don't have any soldiers. You have no one to fight back when people are consistently doing all that they can to displace you from your land, which is coastal. So we're going to come back to that point. Everything in the lives of Gullah Geechis you can trace back and make some connection to water just by the virtue of the fact that human beings' bodies are primarily made of water. We consist primarily of water as human beings. And without drinking proper water from time to time, you are going to have major health problems. We live directly in the Atlantic Ocean, so we live on and in the water. Most Gullah Geechis eat some level of seafood. Even those who are vegetarian tend to be pescatarian. They do not completely give up seafood. 
So with the seafood, we, again, need pristine, healthy waters. If you're talking about sweetgrass basketry because you see it as a craft or as an art or as a part of cultural continuation, we're back to the intercoastal waterway where these grasses grow. So if you're talking about the church, the, the you're talking about baptisms, we were baptized in the water. Take me to the water to be baptized, that's all. So here it is that when we you hear spirituals in the Gullah Geechee Nation, like Wade in the water as well, get away, Chili Jordan, you have a musical component and, again, cultural component, historic legacy component that takes us back to the water, our proverb, the water to bring me the water going to take me back. And so here it is that we are now dealing with what water is doing naturally. It's reclaiming the land. Our islands at one time were beneath water. Much of what is called the low country was beneath water, hence why it has its name. Ecologically, we are technically below sea level. Well, now we're dealing with a climactic change that is being called sea level rise, meaning that there is a reverse of what happened some hundreds and hundreds of years and thousands of years ago. It's reversing now where the water is rising again. In addition to the sea level rising, the oceans are acidifying, and a lot of that has to do with how humans are behaving on land. The water and the land are inextricably tied together, and Gullah Geechee culture is inextricably tied to the water and to the land. We do not thrive, we do not survive if we are displaced off of this coastal region of the southeast of the North America that is now the Gullah Geechee Nation from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida. So even when you get into the context of the prior history to today of talking about our ancestors and what the three major cash crops were, then you know if you've been watching Gullah Geechee TV, if you've been listening to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio, if you've read From We Sold to the Soil that I wrote, if you've been in any of my lectures and you've heard me talk about these three major cash crops, Sea Island Cotton, Carolina Gold Rice, and Indigo, you know that we're back to the types of water that it takes for these things to grow. So if we do not have pristine waters, we don't have healthy water lines. If we are directly in a hurricane zone already and spring tides have turned to king tides, then we have a hurricane come behind it. Now we're talking about how do you literally hold on to the land because the tides rushing in, the winds, the, the, the churning of the water pull the sand out. So what things do you do and what cutting we don't do as Gullah Geechee traditionalists, but every destructionaire that y'all call developers that come to our coast, that's one of the first things that they do. We also know that what you pull, you pull sweetgrass so that it can restore itself, it can rejuvenate, you prune it. You can pull and cut from, rather not pull, but cut the palmetto. And when you cut that in order to sow with it, it lets the tree even boost up some more, beautify itself, you know. And so here it is, the things that were naturally a part of what we did culturally over hundreds of years. When we started having this influx of outsiders that like to gate off, fence off, and claim ownership of things, they then proliferated the area with blockades. So the people couldn't get directly to the water, couldn't still get to the burial grounds that are along the water, couldn't get to the same places where they harvested the sweet grass, couldn't get out to the landings 
to go catch the fish, the shrimp, and things like that. For guan, you want to forget the crab and thing. Of red was for guan, pick the oyster. So here it is now. We are at a critical point in time once again in regard to sustaining our cultural heritage because we are now not only having an onslaught of those that cross the bridges with the wrong mindset, meaning they could be of any other color. We're talking now about culture and acculturation because even some who might have been born in the Gullah Geechee Nation but left so young that they got acculturated in Western society in the mainland and urban centers, their mindset tends to be worse and more destructive than even people who might not look like us who understand environmental reactions and balance of environment. And so you have a bunch of people who come in with a money mindset who are accustomed to buying food and things from stores and they think that you should proliferate your area with stores, especially ones that stay open 24 hours of the day and coffee shops and stuff like that, and not realize that you're building over farmland where people have been able to maintain their health from farmland, maintain their health from letting certain field areas grow up so that the natural herbs grow in there that we then use to heal the body with and then having trees, bushes, and also small plants and vegetation grow around the house that have the cooking herbs in there that you use to also sustain your health on a day-to-day basis because you're using things that naturally come from the earth, not something that came from the earth, got put on a truck, somebody threw gas in the truck to keep it looking pretty while that truck drove it across the country or up the eastern seaboard so that by the time it got unloaded at somebody's supermarket, everything looked this bright, bright, bright red or this really, really great-looking green. And then you buy it out the store where they have sprinkler systems in there to keep it moist and keep it looking a certain kind of way to you. But you get it home, put it in your refrigerator, and it rots in the next day or two, and you wonder why the food go bad so fast. Well, you don't realize the journey that food took, and you don't realize that it only looked the way it looked because they put these chemicals on it. In some cases, they even wax some types of fruits and vegetables so that people, when they shop with their eyes, will buy it just because of the way it looks. But then if you get it home and it's out of season, it's tasteless. What has become out of season to a lot of people is farming. For those who think it's in season, it's because they, again, see the money in it. So they started these community gardens. They started these urban gardens. And there's this whole movement of back to the land and and food, you know, field to table, cafes and restaurants that charge $20, $30 for something that actually when I grow it out in the front of my house, if I really added up the seeds and the fertilizer and everything, might have been a $5 plate of food. But I can charge you $30 or $35. Why? Because it's my labor. It's my ground. It's my seed. So this is what people are doing with this food-to-table movement, this back-to-the-land movement. So I continue to remind people, Gullah Geechis are not a part of back-to-the-land movement unless they somehow lost their land or gave it away, I should say, to be more accurate in a lot of family cases by just moving northward or moving urban centers or going in the military and saying, I don't care what happens to family land, you gave it away. And in those cases, then... We're not talking about 
the regular case of the traditional Gullah Geechee show. In your case, it might be a back-to-the-land movement for you because you're trying to get back on some land. But for those who have continued to sustain the ownership of the land and the family from the 1860s or the 1870s or during the Reconstruction era, up, I'm talking about the stay-on-the-land movement. When you stay on your land, you have every opportunity to express yourself culturally whether that is one to go outside in the wilderness, pray down, kneel on down in the wilderness and think like that they're clean, or rather was, if one want beat your drum. If one want to drum, one can get it all morning, all evening, wherever, when it's deep on hunter land. When you have your own land, you can feed yourself from it if you have something that God has blessed to be fertile. If you have your own land, you can stay on it even if you live in a tent. When you have your own land, you have wealth, a wealth-generating device. You can have a home-based business there. You could feed yourself right there as well and not have to burn your gas and your oil driving to somebody else's store to go get food. And if you're blessed to live where you also know how to navigate out into the water and you can go out upon the shore, you could capture other food that way as well. If you're a hunter, you could kill food, but I'm not into hunting. My family members are, but I'm not. And some animal rights type of person. And so here it is that we have an opportunity of sustaining a legacy. So when we talk about cultural sustainability, these factors of all of what I mentioned take sustaining your mind, your spirit, your health. So you have to have a healthy spirit in order to have your right mind, as we say. When you don't have a healthy spirit, you have a bad heart, you're a negative person, you're jealous, you're envious. Eventually your mind is no good, or your mind might have never been good for that matter, but it gets worse. And as one would say in the church, you get turned over to a reprobate mind. So now if you don't have a right mind and a right spirit, everything else is out of balance. So there's no need to even talk about your body because your soul, your spirit, everything is housed in this thing we call the body that we're walking around in. So when you do have all that in place, though, if it's in balance and harmony and peaceful and there's love given, that's the seed you sow, it comes back to you. It comes back to you. And you will be surprised how much better your body feels. Even when you think your body would feel run down, even when you would think, well, wow, I had a long day, your day would go by and you not even realize and not feel exhausted. You have to go put yourself to bed like how we do little churn because your energy is so high that you could still just keep going and going. So here it is that when we talk about sustaining a cultural community, one of the things that the elders always taught was underneath a tarot wall. Sometimes you have to wait and just stop. Spend some time with the other folks in the community. Don't race off and rush off to do everything or to go nowhere. Because I see a lot of people nowadays, they're always racing, but I don't see them making any progress, and I sure don't see them beating nobody. But they're always racing. So what was a true blessing was to witness one of what is becoming an institutionalized mechanism for cultural sustainability, 
witnessing what is going on with the St. Helena Island Community Market on my home, St. Helena Island, South Carolina. Now, that title, that name, would make one think it's akin to a farmer's market or a flea market, but it's actually where you can come out and get handmade crafts, you can get produce, you can get jars, you can buy cooked food, you can listen to music, the children can play, you can buy books and CDs and DVDs about the culture, you can interact with native Gullah Geechies. We've even gotten to the point where Gullah Geechee tour operators make sure that the St. Helena Island Community Market are a part of their tour stops for the day. Those are the native traditionalists who are carrying on the market for the most part. We have a couple folks a couple of uh, booths or so that moved to the Gullah Geechee Nation from elsewhere, but the predominant amount of people, 95% of people in the market, are native Gullah Geechees, and they make the items that they're selling. So from the clothing to the healthcare products to the books, the CDs, and so on, they're made by the community. There are these beautiful planter boxes even, wooden handcrafted materials being sold there, all made by community members. So here it is that we have the opportunity to engage economically in our cultural sustainability and to have others engage in hands-on, direct Mouth the air, learning from we but who we be when they come to the market. Last Saturday, I had a set of people come from all the way in Connecticut and another set of young ladies who drove from Atlanta just to meet me at the market to drive to Atlanta that same day. But they also ended up taking Rev's Gullah Tours, and Rev brought them there and then took them down to MJ's Soul Food all native Gullah Geechee-owned places and spaces. The ladies from Connecticut said that they had been in other areas in the Gullah Geechee Nation, but I guess in tourist atmospheres, they didn't buy anything. They said, but here it is, y'all's energy is so beautiful here. It's so loving here. We're trying to buy something from everybody in the market. And they walked around and bought items, books, food, other things, one by one, all through the market. Spent cash, no credit card swiping, cash. And so here it is that they contributed to our community and our entrepreneurs being able to sustain themselves. And, of course, others of us in the market, we shop with one another who are in the market. We buy pies from each other in the market. We buy jars from each other in the market. We buy quilts. We buy clothing. We buy earrings. We do all of this right there in the market. We did seed swaps at the beginning of the month in honor of Tunis Campbell. And if you didn't listen to that broadcast, please go back and listen in to the Tunis Campbell broadcast. And you can go to Gullah Geechee TV and also view other broadcasts I've done, especially with Reverend Lyde, who started up the Tunis Campbell celebration annually in Brunswick, Georgia. So that people understand sustainability has to do with that which you can maintain over time. Sustainability has to do with what you can do and maintain over time. So when we talk about cultural sustainability, we have to be able 
to continue our cultural traditions over the decades, just as our ancestors were able to sustain who they were, even in the hardship of chattel enslavement, the crime against humanity, they managed to be able to create a language, music, spiritual practices, agricultural practices, healing traditions, and a plethora of other things that if we put them all together would denote what culture is. Now, it's interesting when we talk about them being able to sustain it, when I look at the definition of sustainability in a dictionary, which is written by European people, as an adjective, it says sustainable is able to be maintained at a certain rate or level. Able to be maintained at a certain rate or level. And they give you this also as a subcategory of that, saying conserving an ecological balance by avoiding depletion through resources. So I talked about that at the beginning, living in balance, living in harmony. So that was the energy that those ladies felt at the St. Helena Community Market. And we pray that people will continue to feel that way, that would cause them to want to literally invest their time, their energy, and their economic resources in supporting the Gullah Geechee sustaining ourselves. On that note, I'll give a plug right now. We have the Gullah Geechee Land Legacy Fund that is on GoFundMe. We are praying that all of our listeners around the world will make financial donations to the Gullah Geechee Land Legacy Fund. Thank you, thank you to all of Honachilin Wadangi. And I thank you because there are several people who have given not once but twice and some three times because they truly want to contribute to Gullah Geechee cultural sustainability, that you want us to be able to continue to hold on to our land and then live in it in balance and harmony with other living beings in the face of the climate changing. And in this case now, the political climate is changing as well as the climate around us environmentally. So ecologically, we're up against a lot. When you have an administration in the U.S. government that now wants to reopen the Gullah Geechee Nation's coast or the Atlantic coast, in fact, the entire Atlantic seaboard, to oil drilling, speculation, so that some people on Wall Street and their friends can attempt to hope that maybe they have a new gold rush that there's some black gold found out here where the other black gold died in a place we call the Middle Passage. We need people to sustain the pressure of resistance against the U.S. government trying to do any such thing. We do not have any need for any more oil drilling. We need to find other ways to conserve the ecological balance for our children, for the future generations around the world. So this is why, once again, I'll be going to the U.N. Oceans Conference in June, and we're asking people to continue to donate to the Gullah Geechee Land Legacy Fund on GoFundMe. If you see the video with me, that is the correct one to donate to. If you do not see a video with me sitting there in the Gullah Geechee Garden, that is not the land fund we're telling you to contribute to on GoFundMe. 
So please go to the Gullah Geechee Land Legacy Fund and then make a contribution there to help to get me to the Oceans Conference, which the United Nations is holding. And this Oceans Conference is an outgrowth of COP22 and the global alliances to want to protect communities as well as creatures of the ocean. And we're thankful to be accredited to be a part of that discussion and to be a part of moving forward an agenda for the UN's sustainability goals, the Sustainable Development Goals, they're called the STGs. And we have committed as the Gullah Geechee Nation to being a part of forwarding the agenda of the Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations. And what better time to do that than during this international decade of people of African descent to ensure that island communities, as they call us, small islands in developing states, definitely are protected, and most of us are in one set of an ocean or another, whether it's the Atlantic, the Pacific, you know, we are sitting out here in the water, and we don't want to be sitting ducks while others try to hunt us down and pick us off so that they can benefit financially. And as we say, the big fish are the down the leaf fish. But if I know, I don't know, if I get one leaf fish and things like that and get together in a school, you can nam up even a wheel. So these are the things that we need to do together, continue to be united in sustainability uh, of the environment globally. So the Gullah Geechee Nation does this, some might say, for self-serving reasons, of course, because our environment is healthy. And as long as we have a healthy environment, we can grow healthy food that can be trucked to other places, whether it's the seafood or the vegetation, and you can be healthy by eating it. But it also then keeps our community healthy. As I said in the beginning, you can't have soldiers to fight back if they're weakened, if they're weakened by diabetes, weakened by heart failure. All of those things are trifecta with obesity because they're eating things that are not food, but the USDA classifies the food like substances that are bought in cans, that are bought in boxes, that are microwaved, that are not grown, that don't come from the earth. On Saturday at our Coastal Cultures Conference, we're going to have an opportunity to hear from Dr. Francis Morian, who is an ethnobotanist from Trinidad, and he is going to present about the work that he still has, his ongoing work, retracing the rice that is grown amongst his people called Americans. Americans are actually Gullah Geechis. And so we're returning the rice that was grown there along the Carolina Grove rice here. Interestingly enough, right before this broadcast, I took a walk into the Gullah Geechee Garden in the field just to look because it's only been a week or so since the seeds have been planted. So usually stuff doesn't jump up that fast. Well, praise be unto God, the peas and look like possibly the peanuts actually do have little plants there. So I can't wait to actually get off the air tonight so that I can go before the sun sets and before the gnats start eating, go out there with my camera to take the pictures of what has already come up in one week's time. So in a month or so, Y'all will really see some pictures if you're following on Gullah Geechee Nation's Facebook fan page. 
and you're following the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition Facebook fan page, that's where we usually post pictures. And if you follow at Gullah Geechee on Twitter and on Instagram, you'll get a chance to see some of the photos as well. Dr. Francis Morin is going to talk about this reconnection and relinkage in the Gullah Geechee Fishing Association, and you can find the Gullah Geechee Fishing Association at gullahgeecheefishing.net, gullahgeecheefishing.net. They are going to present on the sustainability of our foodways. If we sustain the traditional manner in which our ancestors grew the food naturally, Others call it now organically. If we grow in that manner, if we eat the things that we grow in season, all of this helps to maintain the balance in the body where we don't develop all of this arthritis and these diabetes and all these things because we're not having these mucus-forming foods that are what happens when you take things and put them through these processes in these labs, essentially, that we call processing centers and packaging centers for food uh, that are across the world. Because what happens with rice is usually if the rice, the husk on the outside of rice is one thing. Once you take the outer husk off, there's still a layer of, of one might almost feel it like a skin. It's like a, a peanut. If you open up a peanut shell, there's still another little skin type of thing that's on the inside, and people rub that off and then you eat the peanut. And so here it is with rice. There's still this little color that's right on the grain of rice. When you get white rice, it's because they have polished it, as they would say in Trinidad and Tobago, so much. Then they bleach it. Then they toss it in some other vat and try to put the vitamins back. So you see on your bag where it says enriched. That means because they stripped all the nutrients out and then went to put some back. So I'm very happy that my mother was inspired too, that she went on and cooked some of my hill rice today to feed to some of my cousins and then told me, yeah, I cooked some of your rice. I was like, oh, really? Because you wanted some? And instead she has a whole pot of it sitting there still, not a whole pot because they put a dent in it, but a pot, some of a pot of it left for me to eat. Another thing I'm looking forward to when I get off the air, okay? And so because this is helping us enrich our bodies once again, helping us to replant even the very seeds that our African ancestors planted in this region, and then being able to share those seeds with others in the community so that they can grow their own food as well, and being able to teach the youth how to grow their own food so that the youth have the ability to sustain their bodies and to think clearly in school so that if they want to do things like what I did, become a computer scientist, become a mathematician, your mind is clear enough, no smoking of anything, all right, no smoking of anything, no inebriation from any kind of product, um, liquid or otherwise, pill form or otherwise, something you roll yourself or otherwise, is necessary if you want your clear mind, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. There ain't nothing that comes behind that say you need to use nothing to renew your mind. You have that ability. You're born with it. And then when you're around people who can teach you and train you how to continue to feed your mind and nourish your mind, your mind becomes stronger. Your body becomes quickened. 
You can handle things when you come up against it. You're not kowtowing to people. You're not hiding off in the corner. You're not then using your mind to pollute it, thinking about what you wish you could do to this person later because they did this and what they're doing here and all of this stuff. But you're saying it to yourself. That's not making a change in the world in any positive way. But if your mind's been cloudy because you've never had a clear mind because there's always been toxins either put in through food, put in through drugs of any kind, care if you call them legal or not, okay, put liquid form, pill form, or any kind, all right, any of that, if you're ingesting that, then your mind can't be clear. So your thoughts aren't clear. And to win a war, you need strategists. So here it is. If you want to strategize, the youth can be taught this by the elders when you gather together in a setting like the St. Helena Island Community Market. The youth out there Saturday, we brought hula hoops and different things out there for the youth to play with because there was also going to be Easter egg hunt. We primarily figured the day would really be for the children. Here it is instead. I watched adults who didn't know how to engage their children, didn't have the energy to play with their own children, Roll, was rolling hula hoops by hand instead of putting them around your waist. Some of them couldn't hula hoop. Some of them don't know how you use a hula hoop. It was interesting to start using the hula hoop and have the little children immediately pick up the hula hoops and start doing it themselves. And one young man, Donovan, he was the champ. He could continue to hula hoop for 10, 15 minutes straight and never break his stride. Everyone's still talking about him who was out there Saturday or who saw when some people went to Facebook Live and put him on video. But this was great exercise for the whole community because then all the grown people started wanting to pick up the hula Some were saying, I used to do this when I was a child. Why can't I do it now? Then others got two, three swings and it would drop, but they tried again because they said practice makes perfect. I know I can get this. I'm going to keep practicing. And that's the thing. It's a practice. It's a lifestyle. Sustainability you have to do the thing over time to get better at it, stronger at it, more strategic at it. You have to have a clear mind in order to be focused at any time and in all things. Because here is the other part of this definition of sustainable. It's able to be upheld or defended. Able to be upheld or Defended. So, again, we're back to needing strength to defend our land and to uphold our rights as citizens of the Gullah Geechee Nation from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida, on these sea islands in the Atlantic Ocean and 30 to 35 miles inland to the St. John's River. We have to stand together to uphold our rights and defend them together. The exploitation has reached tremendous heights already with the numerous people and organizations and institutions who have backdoor meetings, these executive directors, these commissioners, these people who go around and purport 
that they are somehow the ones that should tell the Gullah Geechee story when only seeking an opportunity to exploit it, knowing that whoever staffed at their institution or within their body of their commission are not native Gullah Geechee or are not traditionalists as Gullah Geechee, so they can only say what they read or try to mimic what they've heard someone else who truly has lived the culture says and then attempt to just get the tourist money from people who don't know no better, pay them to come to workshops and lectures or pay to come into institutions while the story they want to tell of rice is not that of African free people like Americans, but that of African enslaved people during the transatlantic slave trade and during the chattel enslavement era on these plantations that are now owned by native Gullah Geechee people, that is the Gullah Geechee Nation. So watch what it is that goes on. Watch who you go to spend your money with when you come to the Gullah Geechee Nation. Watch who it is. Listen closely to whether they're the cracky tea like this and thing like that. They are not at tall, tall. Or rather, what they can't stand. Who wanted to be and thing like that versus who we be and thing like that. And then ask them again. What were the human rights and thing like that at the Gullah Geechee Nation? Who understand with that one? And then see what kind of answers you get whether you hear from these people the truth or an avoidance tactic in terms of what it is that they physically get out here and do. What laws have they helped to stand for and to fight for that actually maintain Gullah Geechee land ownership? What have they done and what do you see them doing in terms of actual native Gullah Geechees, not some hired hands of people that come in as migrant workers or, or using youth groups to get grant money off of them and then have them working but not learning about cultural traditions from the elders. Even now when we're out in the field, my mother is sitting on our porch trying to see and make sure from there what we're doing. And you give her long enough, she'll have a chair at the end of the row in the field trying to tell you how come that might be a little bit too much dirt to just put on that. <laughs> okay, down to that type of specificity that the elders will teach you, learn how not what to do, and things like that, so you know how to pass on these cultural traditions that sustain life. And the biggest way that we do that is joyfully being with one another. So I want to thank everybody who was dancing with me, hula hooping with me, laughing, joking, and especially those who also came out and supported us economically and gave us your blessings and supported us. And you really put your money where your mouths were by supporting the St. Helena Community Market. It is not the last one. It happens every first and third Saturday of the month from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Even if you think it may be cloudy, come out because this is not a storm. It will still go on. The only month that will not happen is July. They are off for the entire month of July. In July, the final week of July this year, from July, well, it's the end of July and into the beginning of August this year, the Gullah Geechee Nation Appreciation Week will go on. It's always more than a week, y'all, technically. July 29th all the way to August the 6th. We will launch at Mesquita Beach, and I want to give a big shout-out to everybody who was at the block party. They gave me all the hugs and everything, and that thanked me for fighting for us and said that you will be out there. I appreciate y'all, Star 99.7 out of Charleston. I appreciate everybody there for all the love and everything when I got to Mesquita Beach last Saturday after leaving the St. Helena Community Market, riding up there and just having a good time with the family. And so 
July the 29th will be Gullah Geechee Family Day at Mosquito Beach. This year we will be specifically in Island Breeze. Every year that we do the event at Mosquito Beach is for all the businesses at Mosquito Beach to be able to economically be supported and also so people can see the progress we've made with the historic preservation activities and also to get people to return there with their families. And so it was wonderful to see last Saturday the amount of people that were out there because in in Mosquito Beach's heyday, Easily on a weekend, they had over a thousand people out there on that small peninsula, and it was much bigger back in the day because they had boardwalks and everything. But because of the numerous hurricanes that have gone on since the 1930s up to now, the boardwalk and everything got torn down. And so we pray that at some point in time that we could get those types of things restored, just so that people really see the beauty of that area, which is right off of Solagree and off of James Island. And speaking of Solagree, the Solagree Seashore Farmers Lodge is having their annual oyster roast fundraiser coming up on this coming Saturday, April the 22nd. It's going to be going on at the Solagree Seashore Farmers Lodge. If you continue to follow us on Facebook, we're going to be posting some details with the exact time that it's going to be going on. Roughly, they're saying 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., but we're going to verify the start time for you because trust me and believe me, if you want the oysters, you better be there when they start because when they hit the table, they've gone. Okay, they don't play. They don't, no Gullah Geechee don't play nothing when it comes to crab and oysters. They they hurt them crabs out there last Saturday out there on Mosquito Beach. So it's all agree. I've seen what they're going to do to some oysters. So because we have the Coastal Cultures Conference ending at 430 just about 5 o'clock, I'm not going to be able to make it there because it takes me a minimum two hours to be able to get up there. So by the time we would take the drive, they would have already ended that event if they're going to end at 7. But we definitely want all of our supporters to go out there if you're not coming down here. If you're coming down here and you don't have to do what we do, which is pack up after the event, you may have some time to still make it out there. So plan to go buy a ticket and tour the Seashore Farmers Lodge. It is a wonderful museum and teaches you a great deal about the Gullah Geechee story there on both James Island and in Solagree. So please go out there and support our family at Solagree and Mesquita Beach. And we thank everybody who's already registered for the Coastal Cultures Conference and that you're getting geared up. But here it is. Get ready. The Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival will be on Historic St. Helena Island, and so you can just plan to come for that one and hit the market, get the entertainment, meet our featured artists of the year, which you'll get to hear here before then. Sonia Evans, she is going to be showing her exhibit that just came back from France, which is called American Gullah. She had the opportunity to go to France last month, so I can't wait to get her here on the air to talk more about that and to talk about how the French saw that aspect of sustaining Gullah Geechee's story through this painting and through art and through folk art as well because she's a multimedia painter. So not all of her pieces are on canvas. The piece that I have is actually on metal, and she has some wonderful pieces that you have an opportunity to purchase and things that you'll get to see during the festival. And the festival will go on 
Friday, August the 4th, we have our Juke Joint Jam Party with the purpose at MJ Soul Food on St. Helena Island that evening. It's a grown folks party, grown folks. And then on Saturday, August the 5th, from 10 to 6, will be the Living Marketplace as part of the St. Helena Community Market. But the entertainment stage is from 12 to 3 at the St. Helena Branch Library, and then we continue from 3 to 6 at the Martin Luther King Park. And so you'll have an opportunity to come down and see all of this and be with the people. And then on Sunday, August the 6th, we plan to have a massive gathering of the African diaspora here at the Atlantic Ocean. And so please make sure you go to gullahgeechee.info. If Hona won't go, Wine to GullahGeechee.info. Please get your advanced weekend passes. The advanced weekend passes are going to afford you some opportunities that anybody who just pops up that weekend are not going to have. So if you have the advanced weekend pass, you're going to take in more things than what I'm announcing to the general public, and you're also going to have reserved seating that other folks ain't going to have. So I would recommend that you get them advanced passes because if you come out there just to come to the festival in general, it don't say nothing to us. Bring your chair. That's what I'm going to tell you. Bring your chair, and you can be up in here. So we're going to be talking more about the festival as the time goes on because that festival is our major awareness and fundraising event for the Gullah Geechee Nation annually. And that is why we have it in Charleston on the even-numbered years, and we move it to another part of the Gullah Geechee Nation of the African diaspora on the odd-numbered years. We already know where we're going to be in 2019, God willing. And so we don't announce it just yet, but trust and believe, get a passport because we're about to be going back out the country one more again. And so in the meantime, we pray that if you come into our country again, the Gullah Geechee Nation, that you come with the mind for cultural continuation and cultural sustainability. And we want to say thank you, thank you for all of Hunter Chillin. What a blessed week, because we know we be Gullah Geechee anointed people. And so continue to follow us at Gullah Geechee Nation. Facebook fan page, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Facebook fan page, and the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition's Facebook fan page. You can also follow at Gullah Geechee on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to email us, email to G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. And right now I'm going to open up the phone line in case anyone listening wants to call in. You have a comment, you have a question. We have a few minutes before we go off the air tonight. The call-in number is 347-324-3903, 347-324-3903. And I just want to thank all of the folks who listen to the show directly from Facebook. Because a lot of you, I notice when I get off the air, I see all the flags of the comments. And you comment, it was a great show, or thanks for covering this, I learned a lot, I'm definitely sharing. And then some of you are listening to it because you listen to it on demand because you weren't able to listen to it live. I greatly appreciate it. And keep in mind, if you are, have iTunes as an account, you can go to iTunes and subscribe to the show for free. And not only can you get the current 
the current show for that week, but you can go back to our archives and you can also download shows from the past from since we've been on the air these many, many years. So thank you all, and I want to thank all of our viewers of Gullah Geechee TV because there's a lot of overlap between those who listen to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio and those who also watch Gullah Geechee TV. We greatly appreciate the continued sharing of the videos and all the commentary that goes on on Google Plus and everything about the videos. It is wonderful to know that my living is not in vain, and I'm glad that we're back in the rhythm of getting your show on every week, if not a couple of other little extra videos in between. So thank you all for sharing. Thank you for listening. And so I appreciate all of those who follow Gullah Geechee Nation, Dot com, which is our blog, so that you know when we're also posting a lot of information that supports information we share on this show as well as shared on Gullah Geechee TV. And for those who've been wanting to find out where will I be next on the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour, with now with this conference wrapping up on St. Helena this week, I take back off again at the end of the month to literally get back on the road. So I will actually be stopping through New York, but that's not a that's not an opportunity for presentations or for the public. I have some other UN business to attend to. Then I'll be heading out to Minnesota. I'll be doing a number of different community presentations out of Minnesota, and we'll be announcing them at the end of this month so that you can plan to come out to the different venues where I'm going to be. And then I'm also presenting at the National Adaptation Forum, again, to help protect our environment and discuss this exact same thing, Elder Carly Town. Our Minister of Information, Representative Glenda Simmons-Jenkins, we will all be presenting about cultural sustainability in the face of climate change. We'll be doing an entire training session about this at the National Adaptation Forum, and I'll also be presenting with some others concerning equity, and so that is a major issue and dynamic. And so then I'll return back in time before the Gullah Festival weekend. I'll be doing some tours for groups. If you haven't already booked that, you need to book that in advance. You can't just pop up here for that. So, again, G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. You need to email, not call, email. If you're interested in the Gullah Root Experience Store for your group for Memorial Day weekend, because then the following weekend we will launch the Black Music Month celebration. So I will be doing the Black Music Month celebration in the St. Helena Community Market then the next Saturday, we're back at Juneteenth at the Jetsons in Savannah. Then we're having Juneteenth on St. Helena Island the following weekend after that. And then I'll be traveling out again. We have several other conferences coming in and going out uh, that I'll be traveling again. And then, as I said, July, we have Gullah Geechee Nation Appreciation Week, big calendar of events coming out for that then the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Fest, and after that we have some open time in August. So if you want to book some things for August or beyond, go to queenquet.com. If you want me to come out to your city or if any place by name is in your region and you'd like to see how to link up with that, please go to queenquet.com. And for the West Coast, we're coming to you for 2018. So queenquet.com, go there, click the booking link, send in the information, queenquet, Q-U-E-E-N, Q-U-E-T, 
dot com, and that way you can book the Gullah Connection and I to come to your city, to your community, to your venue, to crack we teeth by who we be with Hunter Chillin', even if Hunter did yonder in the big city. So I'm so glad that Hunter Chillin' taught him not robbery, fatigue, and lead time for journey with we, Pondicia, we show, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio, thank God for all of Hunter Chillin' for helping for sustain we, and for key to the Gullah Geechee so we can still stay from these islands in the sea. Please contribute to the Gullah Geechee Land Legacy Fund, and I'll see you on the chillin' from the road. This year the Queen Quet, head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Thank you, thank you for tuning in to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.